the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 301. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Mark Webster. Mark, great to have you back on the show. It's uh, It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a while. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, yeah. Now, maybe you can uh, remind listeners where you fit into this world of uh, technology in New Zealand. Okay, so I'm a long-term Apple user from 1989. Um, it's got into the pre-press revolution when that happened with Apple back in the early 90s. And then I ended up working in magazines and became editor of New Zealand Mac Guide magazine, 2002 to 2007. And then I was a blogger for the Herald about Apple stuff. And I teach people how to use Apple stuff and I write history books and I work part-time at Motat. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, well, I hope you won't go too hard on, um, on Apple's competitors when we chat about them, but um, let, let's jump right in. So first up, Samsung have been uh, getting a bit of attention in the media for the, uh, the Galaxy Note 7. The latest report we heard was a six-year-old uh, getting, uh, getting burnt was, uh, was using a Note 7 and uh, supposedly the thing uh, basically imploded uh, in his hands while he was uh, using it and a few days before that was a car that we're told uh, had a Note 7 uh, sitting charging in it and that uh, that went up in flames as there was been a bit of uh, media coverage of that one in the, in the news over the uh, over the over the weekend so um, this doesn't doesn't reflect back well on Samsung does it and they, they had uh, their no. um, dramas with uh, I think it was washing machines in, in New right. Zealand yeah, uh, yeah. that were, weren't safe and were catching fire some some years ago and what with Apple having just announced new products? I mean, their timing yeah, couldn't have been much more unfortunate, could it? No, I mean, it's been a real gift for Apple, but I can't help feeling sorry for Samsung either. Um, and, of course, for those people affected by it. One of my kids came back from Melbourne on uh, Monday, Sunday night and they were told that they couldn't use a Samsung Galaxy Note on the plane, 7 on the plane. Um, so even, you know, it's, yeah, it's a very serious complaint. Put it that way. Yeah, I got chatting to uh, to to a friend, and he he had been an Apple user. He moved across to I think a previous generation uh, Samsung. Quite liked it, and decided that the Note Seven was really the device for him. And I remember him showing it uh, showing it to me. I think when he got it, and then he he shot shot overseas to uh, to Hawaii, and uh, he came back a few days ago with it. He hadn't heard about any warnings or or any issues, but you know, I thought through, you know, how bad could that have been if that had been? And you know, we we've had other uh, issues with uh, lithium battery based uh, devices on on planes as well. And I remember there was this, the story of Russell Crowe uh, sort of throwing his toys out of the cot when uh, I think it was Qantas wouldn't allow him to to take his uh, hoverboard on board the flight because of uh, you know safe safety things. But yeah, how how bad could it have been if one of these things had actually she gone up on board and hadn't uh, wasn't able to be uh, dealt with quickly. So it's I mean, just as well that there's been nothing uh, nothing you know really too major. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Samsung's actually dealt with it quite well. They've been very public and open about. Um, I mean, they may have been able to move a little bit quicker, but they've moved pretty 
pretty quickly from what I can tell. And like, who'd want to be in their position, right? Oh, a difficult position to be in. I think one of the challenges is a global organization. Sometimes, sometimes these companies have a, have a lot of channels through which approvals need to, need to go through. I've, you know, I've noticed. Yeah. And with Samsung, there was the initial media coverage. I was in Christchurch when it became, uh, became clear that there was an issue here. And I, and I called up you know, their local PR person who was, uh, was on holiday at the time. So, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't great, great, uh, great timing, or maybe it was, it was very smart timing to, to be away at that time. <laughs> she was kind enough to answer the phone anyway. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about it. And, you know, then you know, maybe it was the next morning their, uh, you know, their sort of formal uh, release uh, came through uh, locally. But there did seem to be a, a bit of a, a bit of a delay between when there was an internet. Well, between that initial thing saying, "Look, yeah, we're taking back the phones," and and you know, telcos saying they've gone off the market, until we got the notification that actually you should turn this phone off and not use it. And yeah. that, you know, there were in that initial case, there were already say thirty five uh, issues that have been recognised around the world at that point but there wasn't that sort of hard line of hey for safety's sake you're best not to turn this device on that came later but there was a global announcement and i remember tv3 um, wanted to chat about this over the weekend and you know their comments to me were well we've spoken to samsung locally they are they are they're not lining up with the international recommendation which is turn it off they're saying look go to our website for the current recommendation which is just bring your phone back yeah i, I don't want to be too glib about this because um i mean a samsung phone probably doesn't just contain samsung components right there and there are samsung components in some apple products i mean they're all drawing on this huge pool of components aren't they i mean they could be in anything you know i mean they're I mean, I don't want this to be any kind of prediction or anything, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen when the iPhone 7 actually goes on sale. Well, and, <laughs> and Apple have, you know, had their Bendgate and Antennagate and so yeah. on. So, you know, they've, they've had their own challenges. This one, though, you know, when it comes down to, to safety. Yeah, this is dangerous, um, yeah. You know, I, I would say they will have learnt one or two things off this, put it that I way. I mean, you're you right. know, yeah. Everyone, everyone's mostly okay. You know, a few people have been, you know, burnt. I imagine, but yeah, everyone's sort of come out okay. But you know, I, I would think they'll be looking at well, you know, a how do we make sure this never ever happens again? Yeah, and very hard across a you know very large organisation to to get that right. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened after they, they had their uh, their washing machine uh, issues. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's a pity. I mean, a real pity to the to the tune of I think the the last I was looking at was twenty billion US dollars wiped off their uh, their share market yeah, uh, that, yeah. you know valuation. So yeah, this will be a mistake that they will be reviewing all of their processes. So nothing like this can ever happen again. And so yeah. many companies have have had mis- mistakes. Uh, you, you know, you look at Microsoft with their uh, Xboxes that were getting the red, red ring of death that cost them, you know, I think north of a billion, probably a billion US dollars. Yeah. Uh, so you know, all of these things are uh, are learning, and even big companies are, are learning some some uh, some really big lessons. Well, I suspect because this was a safety issue, they had to move fast and they have to move publicly. But I suspect that um, Samsung was probably checking into what batches went where just in case, you know, there were different factories making different products that went into different units that went into different markets. And they were probably hoping like crazy that this was one market, but it looks like it's all of them. So Yeah, I did hear a comment I um, that 
China was different. The way the batteries and so on were done there uh, right. meant that they were they were excluded. But uh, anyway, it's the whole thing is is really bad timing for them. Incredibly and, bad timing. And you know yeah. when you talk to people that have now had to return their phone and they're sitting. Without yeah, the phone. basically, <laughs> without the phone, the potential to get their money back, they have that option now. Saying, "Well, actually, now Apple have got a phone that's uh, that's waterproof, X, Y, Z in terms of you know capabilities. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll go down that track. I mean, certainly, you look at the uh, the camera in the iPhone seven. 12 megapixels plus with yeah. with the uh, you know the dual camera the two and, lenses, that, and yeah. having that optical uh, optical zoom capability that's in there mm. hey that that's something unique in the market and uh, that, yeah. that's something to me that really really stands out if you're after a, a top end phone one of the really important things for you is the uh, is the camera absolutely no no one else is doing a, a phone that's got that uh, that that uh, two times uh, lens in so I think that's um, that'll that'll stir a few people up I think it might, and uh, I mean, I'm dying to see one in the flesh myself, of course, but the flash has had some work too, so they, they've got a little, they used to have a, like a silver LED and a sort of orangey-goldy LED, and it would evaluate the scene and then balance the strength of those two colours to balance the light, and the the 7s have four LEDs and even more possibilities of balancing the light, and it's more powerful and so on, so yeah, sounds like a nice camera. Yeah, we, I guess we've sort of uh, we've sort of slid into uh, into talking around Sorry, Apple's yeah, uh, Apple's announcement. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, you know, I, th- I think you know these these are the two companies that are that are really battling it out to uh, to control that high end uh, you know smartphone mobile device uh, you know space. And yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating to watch. I don't know what what were your impressions of um, of of the announcements la- last week. Well, I mean, I think it's a very impressive phone, but it's not going to be the world beater that some people seem to expect every time Apple is going to announce something. Uh, and of course, any company can't announce a world beater every year on a on a product. Um, I think it's a very solid phone with some great improvements. What, uh, this figure I saw was it's 120 times faster than the first iPhone. But that's um, what the pundits are saying, the sort of real Apple followers, is that next year is 10th anniversary of iPhone's introduction and surely Apple is going to be holding something back for that model. So I think the real aficionados will be trying to skip this one or the ones with lots of money will just get it anyway. And, and you know, anyone who needs a new phone, it's a, it's a, it looks like a great choice. But it's, it's interesting when a manufacturer compares their current product to a generation that is five years or more ago. And this isn't the first yeah. time we've seen that. I remember being at a uh, at an Intel launch, I think it was last year, where they were, you know, so they were comparing the speeds of, I think it was their, uh, uh, maybe their sixth gen core processors to the average of what was out there in the market at the time, their impression of the average. So, you know, people that have four or five-year-old computers and so on, so what they're saying is, hey, if you've got an average, you know, typical computer out there uh, in the market, then we're this much faster. Yeah, it's a Rather than how much faster they are to the previous generation. Although it's from some degree that 
that's fair because you know people actually will will be interested. Well, look, I am on a, I am ready to replace my computer. It is you know three years old or four years old, whatever whatever it is. And you know, in a consumer environment, people don't replace their computers as as uh, as rapidly as as businesses uh, do. And all, well, that obviously varies from uh, from case to case. But you know, in the in the um, you know the, the, the common uh, consumer uh, sense anyway. So from that perspective, there you know there is some weight to those sort of discussions, but in some ways it feels a little bit like they're, che- they're cheating when they yeah. do. Yeah, well, it's up to fifty percent faster than the six is the other figure I saw, or the six S maybe. Better yeah. battery life. How Better. important do you think that is? How do you find your battery life on your iPhone? I find it fine because that's I'm just used to living with that. I've never had anything different. Um, I've never struggled with it. Um, when I travel, I carry a case with another battery in it. Yeah, the batteries are bigger and they're more powerful in the seven, but I don't know how much longer they last. But yeah, the, I mean the references that that were there weren't weren't talking about you know dramatic extension in uh, in battery life. You know, whereas some manufacturers we've seen them you know really bump up the batteries, sort of you know twenty plus percent bigger or thirty percent bigger, and in, in some you know in some scenarios. Yeah, but. In this case, they're driving new processors, a new video, a new GPU, new cameras. You know, I mean, at the same time as they need more battery life, they've also got more work to do. So, oh, these new processors should be much more power efficient. Surely, <laughs> they should be. They should be yeah. <laughs> and uh, what what of the other what of the other things? What of um, you know the the AirPods, the uh, yeah, the, 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 these wireless uh, earbuds that. Um, you know, have been um, well. They've been getting some interesting, you know, commentary online. What do you think they look like? These things hanging out of your ears. I think they look ridiculous, but they might sound good. I don't know. And it might be. It's certainly good having wireless headphones if you're jogging or running or cycling, um, or walking even. But I would have to see them in real life and try them to really pass comment. I mean, my biggest worry with them is that transmission of audio over Bluetooth is never. You know, it's so far it's not as good as wires. That you know, the actual lack of a of a three point five millimeter jack does doesn't actually bother me. I've I think I've charged and listened to the phone at the same time maybe twice in two years. But I know people who for this is, is like a deal breaker. I'm calling it the jack apocalypse. But I think we'll get used two, to it really quickly. Two sixty nine is a price point for these. You know, for these little earbuds, is that um, you know, is that a that's the New Zealand uh, New Zealand dollar price? Well, I guess it depends how good they sound. That sounds quite like quite a lot of money. But I checked out some uh, um, earbuds last week that were wireless Bluetooth ones, and they were three hundred. Mm. And they were they had a cable between them, so the cable went behind. That's you. the normal co- most common scenario, isn't it? So yeah. this is unique in that they they're not joined up that way. They're independent. They go into this, um, you know, quite a cool little uh, charging. A charging case that itself, you know, uh, allows them to uh, to recharge a number, you know, a number of times when you pop them back into the case. Yeah, that's I quite nice, like that concept. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, the other thing is that if you, I imagine, if you're jogging along and one of these things falls out and you're jogging at night, you're not going to be very happy. Has it well, got a light white. on it? It's white. You might be able to see it. <laughs> you it might be, be okay. Right. Yeah, unless you're jogging in the snow, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I would worry about that, but I mean, yeah, I'll have to. I haven't seen them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then there was the, um, and you know, I have to admit, I um, I jumped in and and uh, and shared a, a uh, an image through the NZ Tech Podcast Twitter account, a, a photo that uh, 
that I come across, which was um, somebody having having a little bit of a, a little bit of a play on uh, on the concept of the uh, the AirPods, which something that actually looked quite similar. So uh, a, a stem with something on the end of it, but um, this is from an electric toothbrush, and uh, uh, they look very similar. So somebody with one of those in their in their ears. Well, at least you get clean ears. And, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, you clean your ears out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the the photo of it didn't look too dissimilar to some of the. Uh, some some of the photos of the the AirPods. So right. um, I don't know whether whether people are, will have made too much fun of Apple for people to think these are cool. Um, I imagine a, you know a bunch of people are going to go out and uh, and try them. And if mm. they you know if they sound good or they're just highly practical, then uh, you know I imagine they, they they're going to sell. Uh, but uh, I don't I don't know whether I would um, you know find them. I guess that you know the key thing is with that little case that charges them. That's that's highly practical, and the fact you can sort of just you know fit that into a pocket yeah, would be definitely. much easier to get around than uh, than lots of lots of other options. And you know, I'm sure they must have looked at a whole lot of different designs for how they were going to do earbuds with uh, with Bluetooth. And um, yeah, cert- certainly it's uh, um, a unique. A unique design, and they've really talked up the technology that's uh, that's yeah. inside of them in terms of uh, you know the the, um, the custom chips they built and so on. Yeah, so we have to hear them. I mean, to me, it's always about bass, whether you get enough bass. And the these other Bluetooth. How can ones, you do that in such a little in, I know. in an earbud? How can you exactly. really end up with, with yeah. bass in a tiny earbud? Well, we'll see, knows. I suppose. We'll hear. Yeah, we'll hear. Shall we yeah. say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But these other ones that I looked at last week were um, once you set up good EQ profile on the phone, which a free app came with them. They mm. were really good, mm. but without that, they they weren't good. I mean, they weren't terrible, but they weren't as good as I. You know, they didn't have the sound that I like. Mm. But mm. yeah, once they're set up and, and they stay in the earbuds, so it doesn't matter what you put them on afterwards, which is really good, a really nice feature. So I don't know if Apple's going to have something like that. Yeah, um, that. they seem to have a quite a neat way of uh, of of pairing the uh, the AirPods with your uh, with your device, which is is quite cool. And they're also sharing that around your Macs and other other devices in the Apple uh, ecosystem, which is neat. And of course, you can use them for um, you know for activating Siri and so on. So you know you might look a little bit odd with one sticking out of your ear, but it actually might be uh, might be quite useful and quite uh, quite helpful. Yeah, and I guess we'll get used to it. You know, I mean, wasn't that long ago when we were getting used to people with white earbuds using iPods, seeing them in the street. So I guess soon we'll get used to people with little white antennas coming out of their ears. Mm. Mm. <laughs> or, yeah. Any other bits from the uh, the announcement that? Um you know, you were excited about. You know, what do you, what do you think about Watch Series Two? Watch Series Two. For a start, I think it's a terrible name. Why isn't it just Watch Two? Really, Series? Anyway, it's Apple's decision, isn't it? But it seems like keep it simple. You know? I'm sure there's some strategy in behind there. Uh, there must be. I would hope so. But Steve Jobs was all about simplification, and it doesn't seem to be the way Apple's going these days as much. Like there's a little bit of confusion in product lines. There's a lot of phones on the market at the moment, even for Apple, you know, different models of different phones. And the amount of people, if I say I have a six, they say, oh, I looked at those, they're too big. And they didn't realize there were two sizes. And that was with a six. And now we've got the six and the six S and the seven, and they're all in two sizes. And they still haven't got the message across to the general public. So, you know, you've got to watch those sort of things. Um, but anyway, the, the Watch 2, Series 2... <laughs> Um, probably addresses the issue that I had with the first one, and that was uh, a lot of people have talked about the GPS is now in, in the phone, uh, in the watch, sorry, so you can go off without your phone in your pocket, which is cool. But 
to me that didn't bother me because I'm used to like cycling with my phone in my pocket. But uh, the the thing that put me off it was the lag. I just you know if if I want to do something on the watch and I'm waiting two seconds, that's two seconds I don't have. That I'm not used to waiting anymore for for things, you know. So times have changed, haven't they, in oh, terms yeah. of technology? Absolutely, <laughs> expect it to be instant. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, if they've sped it up, then I think it's really cool. And at the same time, and I think this is a really interesting move. They they're kind of reissuing Watch One, and they've dropped the price. To, I think it's four twenty nine New Zealand. Oh, what a kick in the teeth that was for me with my uh, my Watch One sitting there thinking I must get round to putting this on Trade Me. Right. And, and now they've come out with a. You know, not only a, a new one that makes it obsolete, but a but an old one that makes it even more obsolete and uh, a yeah. lower price. So, if anyone out out there wants uh, wants a cheap Apple Watch, I mean, <laughs> maybe somebody will give me thirty dollars for it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, backtracking with that original series, um, I guess it's the series one now, but putting in the faster chip in it, that's really cool, uh, and that's a good price, isn't it? It's a good price for a new watch. Yeah, what price is the um, is the series one coming in? It was four. Was it four hundred and twenty nine for the, for the yeah. revamped one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it certainly makes it a bit more accessible. You know, a bit closer to some of the other wearable devices in yeah. in the market. And you know, it's certainly a, you know, a reasonably busy market. Um, it is now. Yeah. You know the, the the you know especially with all the fitness offerings and so on that are there and mm. and I've seen some very attractive um, alternatives to Apple Watch. Like I've seen some very nice looking Fitbits that do cool things. You know, so yeah, I mean Apple didn't exactly invent the space. If I remember it correctly, there was rumor that Apple was working on a watch. So all these competitors came out with theirs before Apple could. Um, actually produced this thing that they were competing with, which I thought was very strange, very uh, first world problem kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the market's definitely spread just like the smartphone market spread once the first iPhone came out and and it's got to be good for consumers and there's some really nice devices out there. But I'm very keen to see the watch too, especially the ceramic one. That sounds really cool. Mm, mm. Yep, no, I'm certainly uh, yeah, look, looking looking forward to uh, to having having a little bit of a look there. Was there anything else on the on the Apple front that was sort of uh, exciting you there? Did you uh, no, did you watch the whole video? Did you sit no, sit through all of no, it? Because these are, these are big. It's a big commitment, isn't it, to yeah. uh, to to watch the announcement? I usually do eventually, but I, I'm more interested in what the other commentators say about you know the people that were there. I'm more interested in their comments than I am in, in just watching the the keynote because their 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 feedback on what the announcements are about is is always you know much more. Uh, interesting and sort of um, more intelligent in a way because it's, they're not just pre- presenting. Yeah. But um, I mean, I'm hanging out for a new MacBook Pro, really hanging out, and I'm really hoping it'll have KB Lake processors and not the, uh, what's the other one? Skylake. Um, yeah, the new se- se- seventh gen uh, in- Intel core processors. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we, we've really been, um, well, I mean, how, how do you feel that Apple is? is as you know, treating their uh, their loyal fans in terms of their loyal Mac fans, because you know, some of their devices are uh, getting a little bit long in the tooth. You know, they haven't yeah. haven't been updated on sort of a cycle that um, you know you might have expected in the past. Well, that's right. I've got a four year old MacBook Pro, and I have to say it's fantastic, and I love it, and it's still really fast. But you know, it's I feel like I need a new one, 
and um, it, there's, that model has been updated incrementally a few times in that time, but nothing that would make me want to change. And then I realized that a whole new model would come out eventually, and I've been waiting for that. But that's a long time to not have a fundamental revamp of a model, four years. And I know that uh, anecdotally I've talked to professionals who are really unhappy with Apple with the Mac Pro. It's just not um, – basically it's too expensive and not powerful enough. And when it came out, it probably had the mantle of – well-priced and super powerful for about six months, but you can put together a PC with much better GPU and processors for a lot less money, and a lot of professionals who are total Mac aficionados and you know loyalists are wavering on this point, and I don't think it's a good policy of Apple's. Yeah, I think you've got to keep the pros happy, and the pros talk to everybody, and everybody asks the pros what you know what to buy, and. You know, well, the, the it's pros also, have hung in there for so long with Apple. Yeah, and and I think it's also that that, that people talk more and are, and are much more knowledgeable around technology than they used to be. The fact that a that a, a phone could get you know a fresh release every single year, and of course, yes, we know that's where that's where Apple makes the you know the the large bulk of their their profits. Yeah. Um, but that that can happen. But then we see situations like. The Mac Mini, for instance, which it's been uh, heading in the direction of two years since that's uh, that's had an update, um, yeah. October, you know, twenty fourteen, and so you know, not only does it leave people sort of sitting there wondering what to do, do I buy a product that basically is obsolete if I buy it now, if if they maybe their old one is, is broken down, they've got to the end of end of life with it. It's just it's just time to replace it so they make sure they've got new gear that's covered by a warranty and is gonna be um, you know, most likely to not fail in any way, uh, as businesses would tend to do. Um, you know, it feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth to buy such an old product um, yeah, different if it's been heavily discounted down and look, we're giving it away at a you know bargain price because th- th- this is a two year, two year old uh, model. But um, of course, that's that's not you know quite the case with some of these products. And then no. the extreme is the Mac Pro, which uh, as of the moment we're recording has been nine hundred and ninety nine days since um, since its last release, yeah. uh, December uh, December twenty twenty thirteen. And yeah, when when you look at the components in that, for you know some of those when they're configured up are a ten, you know, can be a ten thousand uh, dollar plus uh, machine. I mean, it is awesome equipment, but mm. hey, the innards of that are, are dated. And if That's you know, right. if you were needing to, uh, you know, add one of those to a, to a studio or wherever you're going to uh, use that today, it. it um, yeah, I mean, much harder call now to make whether you should buy that or uh, or buy you know a, a Windows based uh, machine when uh, when when it's actually such um, outdated technology inside or an iMac um, for that matter. Like a, my partner has a twenty seven inch iMac with a Retina display, super powerful, um, thirty two gigs of RAM, and that thing you know just kills it with Final Cut. And it's got the screen; it's all one unit, you know. So I mean, pros are either looking at those or or moving from Apple, which is scary for you know for me, who's been a long-term Apple user, and, and I mix with long-term Apple users. You know, like um, there's some unhappiness out there. Yeah, there is, needs to be addressed somehow. Yeah, yeah, um, and um, yeah, the the uh, the MacBook Pro with um, the non-retina one is still in the market. Maybe those that need an Ethernet 
connection, you know, what have you, and uh, seems unlikely that will be uh, will be updated. Very uh, unlikely, but that's yeah. Um, yeah, that's heading towards four and a half, you know, well over four years. Yeah, that's a uh, long time now. So um, yeah, I guess in some ways it's nice that they're keeping it in the market for those that uh, that you know specifically want that. But but you can get a dongle for twenty nine dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, that's I guess not necessarily a fit for. Uh, for every scenario, so yep, I, I I hope this is an era where Apple, um, you know, starts to think a little bit about their a little bit more seriously around the impact that this has on their uh, their customers. But that you know they are in a in a unique situation in the relationships that they have with customers and the loyalty yeah. uh, that exists, but. You know that stuff doesn't go on for forever, and if you don't treat your customers with respect, there's going to be a point at which um, you know people will um, will say stuff you. I'm uh, it, I'm going to walk away and use somebody else's product. Yeah, and it's a tipping point. And and when you turn from a long term loyalty, you really turn. You know, like you really feel like you've been shafted. That's uh, there's no comeback from that. It's pretty hard to come back. But, I mean, the same thing happened with the Final Cut fiasco. I mean, they lost a huge part of the market just just with basically being arrogant the way that Final Cut Pro uh, 10 was introduced. Mm. That mm. was awful. That was, oh, that was badly handled. You know, that's why I'm not laughing too much at Samsung for this uh, Galaxy Note 7. I mean, bad things happen. <laughs> and it's yeah. how you handle it. It all comes down to how you handle it. I mean, I always thought of you as a big Apple fanboy, um, but in our discussion today, you're you're a little bit more tempered than I've seen in the past. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. I live in the real world as well. <laughs> I try. Yeah. Um, no, this is uh, it's interesting. Now, a few other bits and pieces that, uh, that I'd like to have a chat about. Um, sure. Cars now. Um, Tesla have made an announcement of uh, an update that's coming to their uh, their semi autonomous uh, capabilities. That when when you delve into it, um, looks quite good in terms of its use of um, um, the radar technology that sits inside of their um, their vehicles. So you know it, it changes where that fits in the scheme of things. So this is with their version um, eight update. That's um, that's going to be pushed out to their vehicles uh, soon, and that previously was sort of a was a backup after the the camera uh, was used, and it's something that, that it looks like they've been spending a you know quite a bit of time on looking at at how they can improve the uh, the safety of their autopilot system. Of course, there was uh, you know a death a few months ago that you know really raised a few questions around the uh, the autonomous driving or, or self drive uh, you know technology that's that's really very much in its infancy it is and aren't they still trying to work out exactly what went wrong there uh, no I think they're they're pretty clear on um, on what went you know what went wrong I think uh, I, well um, my impression was there was an overhead sign which uh, there are certain scenarios which you know where the camera sees it says well you know ignore that because that's you know that's something that's overhead it's okay so um, it literally sees it doesn't detect something in the sign because that's what's going to have to happen isn't it yeah well what they what they've said with this update they're going to actually whitelist a whole lot of things so right. they're going to say well look in this at this you know gps location there is a sign 
and then obviously they don't want that whitelist then if there's if it sees something else to go oh no we're we're safe because we're in this particular um, place yeah. but they you know so th- there's a range of uh, a range of things that they're uh, that they're doing and you know I guess the the nice thing that that Tesla have is a fleet of of vehicles that are you know driving you know millions of of, of miles and are feeding all this data back uh, in real time over their you know continuously connected internet connections um, so they'll see very quickly what the impact is of the software update. I'm sure they'll test it themselves, but then suddenly they will have a huge uh, mass of data coming in. You know, they can do a, I guess, uh, and I don't know whether they would do this, they could do some sort of, uh, in the web world, we do the things like A-B split testing. Um, and, uh, you know, you try a small percentage of people with uh, with something one way and a, and a percentage the other way. Um, you know, you, you you potentially could put some of some of your people, let them choose to use the new uh, new technology. You need to be very confident this stuff is highly safe anyway. You but, do need uh, to be pretty confident. Uh, so yeah. you can't, you know, you can't just, um, you know, guinea pig it on on people in a traditional sense. But, you know, once you've got that level of confidence from, you know, once they've got that level of confidence from their own testing, uh, you know, they potentially could, as Microsoft and Apple and others do with their software, is say, hey, look, you can you can have an early, uh, an early go on this stuff. And it might be that the technology runs side by side with the current technology and just you know records its feedback of how the new version would handle the the same scenarios, and then once their confidence is up, then the, then it actually becomes real in those. Uh, that sounds like the, a really good model in those in those vehicles. So um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the uh, the inventor on this sort of stuff, but I, you know, I'm sure they've got some smart ways of uh, of doing it and of testing it them themselves, and. You know, to date, what they're saying is that the safety of their autopilot capability is, uh, you know, it's half as likely to have an accident as when you know somebody is actually, uh, you know, completely controlling the vehicle. That's so, pretty good odds. You know, they're um, they're, they're they're pretty they're pretty confident. So, um, yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, where it goes to from here, how those stats will change. You know, I would imagine it should only get better from here, and then we introduce things like vehicle to vehicle communications and. Uh, infrastructure to vehicle, vehicle to infrastructure, uh, communications, uh, and whatnot. I mean, this stuff will, will just get better and better. I mean, you imagine that uh, you know you're on the road and there's a vehicle that in some way is out of control, and that's able to transmit to all the other vehicles you know yeah. around it that Which you know, hey, some, some some something's not you know already. something's not right. Yeah, um, I mean, Tom Tom kind of does that. Well, I'm more thinking of you know, let's say you know in this situation where where there was the uh, the you know Tesla crashing into the, uh, the the truck, I think it was, and you know if the truck had the smarts to know that hey something's not right here, uh, and then it could transmit to the vehicles around of hey you know accident in progress you know ten meters ahead of you or what have you yeah that'd be great um, you know so th- I mean that's the sort of thing that I think we you know we've got to we've got to look forward to you know vehicles will know when something's not right and they can transmit uh, you know to each other you know of course yeah you're right we see it in you know. Um, Tom, Tom, you know, traffic type systems and Google yeah. Maps and so on. That there's congestion, there's this and there's that. Uh, but I see that sort of bumping up a, a level to uh, yeah to improve our safety, which would be quite cool. That sounds cool. Um, yeah. Now, so so they're doing that that side of it. Um, but 
what's going on? What have you been uh, you've been picking up around Apple? Because um, you know it seems it seems very clear, and you know, Apple aren't going to make any announcements about something they're not ready to announce. But it seems very clear from all the coverage that uh, that Apple have got a lot of people that are working on a car project. But there are reports indicating maybe they've. Um, laid off some people as well in that in that uh, regard yeah is it bob mansfield who took over that that part i uh, can't remember the name i'm not very good with remembering names no, me neither. <laughs> i think it's bob mansfield and he's a long time apple staffer like high up exec and he's a bit of a hard nose from what i hear um and apparently he's gone in there and shaken things up in this highly secret project and laid people off but what why do you think apple would make a car and why do you think i'm just curious um, why do you think people want driverless cars? Um, two interesting questions. Why, I think you know, from, from any brand's perspective, if you've got a really strong brand and you have got shareholders, then you've got shareholders that are going to demand a, you know, more and more return. They, they, you know, they always want to do better with their investment in your, uh, you know, your stock than if their money's in the bank or, so, or somewhere else. So you know, Apple will be, um, and I guess it's regardless of what your brand is, but Apple with a strong brand will be looking at, as many, many brands have, uh, have done before them, we'll be looking at, well, how can we, how can we take this brand and you know, generate revenue off, uh, off new uh, products and ways of using their, their brand? And you know, there, there are so many, so many examples where it's you know Harley Davidson and you know the the the, the ecosystem they've sort of you know created um, around you know, what was originally you know a motorcycle brand and so much so much more now with clothing and 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 whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, so if, you know for them they would have been looking around at all those things and the car opportunity I guess is is something where there are a lot of cars in the world. Yep. And um, you know, when you're a brand that people are willing to pay a real premium for, if you could, if they could be as mass market as they are in uh, in phones on cars, and maybe charge, you know, maybe people would pay a five to ten thousand dollar premium for for something, uh, you know, with Apple on it, something where their technology is just going to integrate that much better because the whole because they own that whole. Eco uh, ecosystem, and yeah, maybe people pay a little bit more for that. So, so you um, roll up in your white Apple car and jump out with your Apple Watch on and your iPhone in your pocket, and I could see you doing that. I can't see me doing that. Um, but who knows? Well, maybe if it was an Apple Uber, um, and and then you know, the, I guess the the autonomous car track. You know, I think that is just the natural evolution w- that we're seeing around. Uh, you know, technology. You know, doing doing things for us. Uh, you know, for me personally, the thought of uh, not having to own a vehicle, but just you know, paying for the vehicle when I need it. So I need to get from from A to B. If it can do that cost effectively enough, and the you know the biggest cost with why we don't all you know drive around and chauffeur driven limousines and so on is mm-hmm. uh, you know it's not uh, it's not really the cost of the the vehicle so much as the the cost of the uh, chauffeur. So um, you know once once you take that out of it, the technology's you know taking care of it, and you don't have to deal with parking and all these other you know things then 
uh, you know, that that could be a, a a model that would be uh, would be quite attractive. And you know, certainly with my own business, I've you know that's that's part of the track that we're on now. Is well, when we choose our next premises, we're going to need probably a whole lot less car parks. And we already use Uber a lot today. We're you know we're on the edge here of the the Auckland CBD. And when we're in you know going you know to and from meetings, it's it's very common for us to to use Uber, so we don't have to waste. Uh, time going into parking and in fact the cost of the Uber is, is uh, yeah. potentially less than what it costs to park anyway yeah, uh, exactly. and and then you don't have all the other costs associated uh, with the vehicle so uh, you know take that you know however many year, years it is and uh, you know we've got in Singapore just in the last uh, last few weeks where uh, you know they've started with a, an autonomous um, car testing it's the company uh, Newtonomy um, who have started testing their autonomous taxis in Singapore and of course Uber kicking their ones off in uh, uh, in the US this month so right. yeah that stuff will probably move along reasonably, reasonably quickly so I'm pretty upbeat about that and if it improves safety as well um, yeah I think safety is a big that's, issue that's big and I like the idea of the feedback of cars talking to each other in a way and you know but um I've got an uncle in on my partner's side in Holland and he tunes his Tesla with an app so if he he's going on a long trip he retunes it with his iPhone I guess you can do that with Android as well Tesla's not an Apple company but and and I mean there's varying levels where where you know there's quite a bit of computing technology and you know and and a, and a lot of new cars exactly, right where you can tweak exactly. them too yeah you see I a couple of years ago, I, I looked at the, the Apple car thing and I talked to a guy in, at Apple um, who used to work for Ford, so I'd, I was already getting suspicious three right. or four years ago. Fascinating. Yeah. And H- uh, How long ago was that? Three or four years. Yeah. So it would have been WWDC um, 2012 or 2013. And he was actually at, at their developer conference. He was showing off CarPlay in a Ford Mustang, a 1966 Ford Mustang. Oh, I used to write for a car okay. magazine. So I was like, wow, cool car, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, do you realize it's this, this customized one? And I said, yeah, I spotted that on the wheel. So immediately you know we sort of had something in common and then i was like how come you know so much about this car and he said oh because i used to work at ford so i said so you're a software developer and he said no i'm a automotive engineer and i said so how come you moved to apple and then he went really cagey so then i was like this is weird and um and i'm I surprised realized, they would have rolled him out allowed, i know, allowed I know. Him to be there. he immediately you could tell he would he realized he'd gone he shouldn't have said that but it was really fascinating, and there's nothing like making someone at Apple uncomfortable. Because I hope then he's you not know... being fired as, as, <laughs> as we speak. Somebody's connected up the dots, but I guess they've got a lot of people, and a lot of people to come from Ford and all sorts of other companies. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And who knows, you know, what he was doing, but now, you know. But then I thought, look at the Apple TV model, because everyone was going on. Apple's going to make a television, you know. Like, and I was like, why would Apple make a television? But like I said before, I said that about the phone. You know, why would Apple make a phone? It's crazy. Of course, now I. Wouldn't, couldn't live without it but um and then i thought well the apple tv model is you get this little black box and you plug it into any tv and you've got all the benefits of an apple tv so surely with cars being so electronic these days maybe they're working on a box well not on a car see i don't you know i don't think that just supplying the smarts and being hidden is very is no i don't not, think not that's kind of the, the board, that's not the apple sort of way you know you're yeah. used to and, you know, and I'm looking back on the the um, you know the, the earliest Mac I used to use, the early sort of Mac Mac Pluses and things like that, little nine inch screws. But but they were really gorgeously designed, and yeah. and it seems to have been a hallmark through you know the Apple products. And 
there, there's been some media speculation that maybe what Apple are doing around cars is a more Google-type approach of they're going to provide the software and they're not going to sell uh, they're not going to sell their own cars. I don't know, yeah, but um, it's no I, you know it's pleasing that Apple are in this space because if mm. if they're in the space, that will help keep it competitive. It's going to help their um, you know innovation. It means people are going to uh, you know companies are going to be looking to ensure that whatever they come to market with is good. And if we've got you know, most of the tech companies playing in this space, most of the uh, you know traditional automotive firms that are playing in this space. Um, we're going to get some results pretty quickly and yeah, some of them I think good. are going to be pretty outstanding. And, yeah, if we look at the Teslas today, hey, they're pretty cool. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, you know, where, where might they be in another, uh, in another 10 years? Yeah, yeah. Could be some, there could be some quite cool stuff happening with cars. We just might not, uh, we might not choose, to, choose to own them as much as what we do now. Well, like my mother-in-law said, you know, if I had a car in the garage and I could just get in and say, take me to the airport and I didn't have to drive, that'd be marvellous. And it extends your driving life well into your, you know, into your hundreds if you want. Yeah. Not, not that she's a hundred. And there's a lot of people that, that can't drive, you know, disabilities yeah, exactly. and, and, and so on. So, you know, the, the possibilities on it, are, you know, I think are really, uh, are really positive. And I think there'll be a whole mix of other you know, transportation things that will get dealt to. And, you know, I'm not so concerned about being the only person in the, in the back of a vehicle. I, you know, I won't mind, you know, as I've done when I've tested out uh, Uber services in the US uh, where they've got their uh, uh, Uber pool and be, you know, one of two or three people that's, uh, that, that's in a vehicle taking a journey because there's enough room for that and we're both taking a very similar journey and it's the technology that facilitates that. You might not have done done that in the past so commonly although I have done that in a in a cab in the past I remember being in Miami once and uh, there were maybe two of us that were trying to uh, to get from the airport into the into the city but the the challenge in those cases were taxi drivers that were maybe uh, sometimes a little bit uh, getting one fare instead of two a, a little bit well a little bit less honest and and, and you know and right. some of their handings you know now their sort of technology ability to rate drivers and so on you know, we end up with, with. I have a lot more confidence now jumping in a in a vehicle. You know, wherever I am in the world, because you know, usually you're in a major city where Uber's available. Yeah. Uh, and there's some, you know, there's some accountability, and you know, even just that GPS map of, of where you've been, yeah. where you've been. So exactly. you know, oh yeah, that looks like about a fair route. And if you've got any questions, you can uh, you can pass it straight back to them, and, and you know, someone's going to look at it. Yeah, I, I first used it in San Francisco a few years back, and I was really impressed that you could see the car coming towards you on your phone, and you didn't have to pay a tip, and you knew what the fare was. Was and you didn't have to hand over any cash and you know all of that stuff. Oh, you're so Wonderful. cheap not having to pay a tip, eh? Well, I couldn't ever. I'm terrible at maths. I can <laughs> never work it out. It was just my nightmares. Yeah, fair I, enough. I got. I ended up asking people, you know, what's the tip? Yeah, yeah. And just giving them the money. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Um, now, a few other things we should chat about uh, this week before we finish up. So, um, in in the last few weeks, we've heard that um, the local fibre companies providing ultra fast broadband uh, around New Zealand uh, were going to start offering. Uh, gigabit ultra fast broadband from uh, from first of October, and we did ponder. Well, what are, what a chorus going to do? They're they're the big player, which you know mm-hmm. own uh, you know around I think a bit north of seventy percent of the uh, um, the fibre uh, rollout around the country, and uh, 
they were quiet uh, up until a few days ago when they announced that uh, they too will be offering uh, you know basically access to gigabit uh, download speeds for uh, both home and um, you know basically any um, ultra fast broadband uh, user will have uh, um, have that option dependent on their internet service provider um, at rates very very similar to uh, to what is being paid today for uh, I think their 200 slash 200 uh, megabit service so um, yeah I think this this is pretty exciting for New Zealand in terms of what it's going to do for our sure average is. broadband speeds uh, for you know just what it opens up us up to because yeah, gigabit. That's you know probably pretty typical sort of speeds that most people in, in their businesses will have on their local networks between uh, you know their computers and their servers. And you know in home environments, a lot of people probably got you know less than that over their Wi-Fi connections. But now we've got uh, you know these these stunning internet speeds. So you know the wow, yeah. the um, the typical uh, thing that you know we'll see for those who want it is um, you know the same as what people have had in. Uh, uh, Dunedin, which uh, they got through the Gigatown project, which is uh, yeah, you know, thousand megabits down, uh, five hundred megabits uh, up, and we've already seen a couple of providers that are saying, look, we're going to bump people for free to these uh, these new plans. Bumping for free sounds very nice. Um, I'm happy to test that for Vodafone too. That gigabit speed. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, uh, I don't think there'll be you know many people that would complain about no. uh, about getting uh, getting bumped up. As I mentioned on on. On the show um, a few weeks ago, I've uh, I've recently uh, moved and I've moved into uh, uh, an area where ultra fast broadband is available, which is it's it's nice to be back in uh, in such an area. Yeah. And the guys at Big Pipe had said, "Look, we'll give you a couple of months free if you want to try out our service." And you know, I'd be meaning to have a, have a look at what they're up to. So, um, so I jumped on on board with that. Now, promptly after signing up, I. Uh, I called up and because I hadn't signed up on the 200 200 megabit plan, and I thought, what am I doing? I, you know, I have to be on the top speed. How can I, you yeah, know, absolutely. how can I not be? So, uh, so I called up and got that 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 changed, um, which maybe seems to have impacted my getting my first couple of months free, but uh, ne- <laughs> never never mind. Um, the being on that 200 200 speed though, um, I believe will give me will get straight to that thousand slash five hundred speed. So uh, I'm. I'm actually pretty excited about that, and, yeah. and I hope it doesn't take too long. Now, we hear 1st of October is when this stuff gets switched on. Uh, I think it will vary from probably connection to connection from what I'm hearing at the moment in terms of just how quickly people will be switched over. Sounds if you get a new connection probably from 1st of October onwards, then you've probably got a, a very high chance that you'd go straight in at that new speed. Wow. Uh, but if you're on an existing one, then you know, maybe a little while as the, the ISP um, uh, works, works that out with with chorus so um yeah hopefully that doesn't take too long because i'm uh, i'm looking forward to having those sort of uh speeds and i know uh the team at the office here are uh are looking forward to uh to a to a, a bit of a bump it's bet, uh, it's yeah. pretty cool yeah it sounds really cool so did you mean that chorus is going in as a vendor uh, no, so I mean, Chorus stays in their, their same role, sort of providing the underlying infrastructure. Right. Um, but you know, the wholesale rates at which they uh, offer this uh-huh. to internet service providers or, or um, to um, RSPs, retail service providers, as as, as they're being called as well. Um, you know, I think their their starting price for consumers will be. Uh, $60 a month uh, for the first few months um, and then I think that bumps up uh, to $65 a month so you know that that's that's providing their their wholesale piece and of course 
there are a whole lot of costs on top of that that an course, internet yeah. service uh, provider has in terms of international bandwidth and customer service and yeah. and so on. Um, but yeah, there's some pretty good offerings. Uh, My Republic, I know, are, are doing uh, are doing a similar sort of upgrade for people that are on their uh, their two hundred two hundred. Uh, but you know we're waiting to hear from the the bigger providers exactly uh, what their offerings will be. I would imagine now you know most uh, most of the internet the, the providers have an offering for Dunedin, which has that uh, that Gigatown already had gigabit. Yeah. Um, that um, well, my thought would be that if if these companies are as um, hmm, as quick and nimble as. Uh, you know, most of us would like them to be. Then, yeah. uh, you know, by by first of October, if if they've at least got something in Dunedin, that they would they would just say, look, we'll do the same for uh, for the rest of the country. Yeah, that um, sounds great. But you know, what the business practicalities of that are, mm. I don't know. And whether we'll see those big ones, um, you know, f- follow the the My Republics and and Big Pipe and whoever else is. Uh, um, is already doing this. Whether yeah. they'll follow them immediately uh, or not, we will. Uh, we'll wait and see. But you know, you know, I know we've seen in the past sometimes the bigger providers can be a, a, a bit slow to move to their detriment, which uh, means they um, they start sharing around a, a little bit of market share to some of the other players. Oh, that's right. My Republic, they're Singaporean based, aren't they? Are they- yeah, their H their HQ is out of Singapore, right. and um, you know, word is they're doing some because they've they've always been sort of you know very much focused on uh, on on fibre. But um, word is that they're 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 looking at I think um, maybe four G LTE services in uh, in the Singapore market. Um, so you know, maybe in the future we'll you know we'll see them offering that sort of service in other markets as as well. I don't know how easy that would be for them to do. Uh, in New Zealand, because mm. you know they'd have to go through a, a Spark, Vodafone, or uh, or Two Degrees, or uh, yeah, you know have right. some sort of partnership to make that that sort of thing happen. Um, and you know whether whether that's really um, you know fit for them here, but um, because they're they're you know they're they're growing across a number of countries, I think they're working to move into Australia as well. It'll, it'll be curious to see you know exactly what their manoeuvres are, but they seem to be quite nimble in the in the market at this stage. Which is, yeah. uh, is is certainly not a not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Um, you know the experiences that um, that I've had with them. Uh, you know, generally been uh, been been pretty positive. So oh, good. Um, yeah, yeah. What else do we have? We had um, Spark Fiber uh, last week confirmed their um, the the details of their um, their offerings in the in the local market. Um, they're similar to uh, Big Pipe in that they're offering month-to-month service, so you can sign up with them and exit whenever you like without being tied into a, a long-term uh, contract. One thing that they have changed since my initial discussions with them, what they said was initially, uh, look, no, no, you're not signed into any contract, you can leave whenever you like, but then they were saying, look, but if you keep, you know, well, not if you keep your router, they were saying, look, you know, if you've been with us less than a year, then you're going to have to pay us a chunk of cash for for your router, they weren't planning to take them back. Um, mm. They've changed that now, so part of their dealing is a it's a rental router. So if you're with them three months and you decided for whatever reason that you didn't want to stay with them, uh, you just send the the router back and um, and a, and away you go. You get a credit for that if they've if they've billed you quickly or something. I don't know quite what their you know what their expectation is around how quickly they'd bill you for the uh, equipment if you held on to it. Well, that's good. More flexible models are good for everybody, surely. Much more efficient as well. Well, it's nice to it's nice to have that option, right? You know, if, you know there there are you know 
people that are maybe uh, you know student scenarios where you don't know how long you'll be somewhere. But there's all sorts of scenarios where somebody doesn't necessarily know they're going to be somewhere for say 24 months. That's true. And so having that flexibility of a, of a provider that's going to uh, offer something shorter term that's going to help and. Uh, you know, there's a big discussion, and maybe we won't have it today around why why stuff are getting into uh, into into yeah. into fiber. But you know, one of the things that, that uh, you know we've seen in in the world of blogging and podcasting and so on, you know, is people having their own products that they sell. You know, that tends to be the best return rather than sort of doing affiliate deals, selling other people's products. Uh, so. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe this is this is a taste of what we will see from stuff in the future. Maybe you'll order your groceries from stuff, and if stuff merges with, uh, you know, Fairfax APN. merge with uh, with APN NZME, um, and all these things come together, um, we will see them, com- you know, competing, selling a whole lot of products uh, against the market that potentially could uh, push up the the rates for uh, advertising if they're using a lot of their own inventory and so on. Uh, this well, is probably some to- fascinating things ahead yeah. and. In the media world, because it's uh, it's becoming increasingly increasingly difficult for them to make uh, you know great returns. You know, an old newspaper guy told me that uh, newspapers made most of their money from classified ads. Those little those little ads in the you know the few, several pages of classifieds that was the major breadwinner for newspapers. And when they started disappearing with trade me and that kind of stuff, that's when that he he said, he told me that was the beginning of the end. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they need, yeah, they, you need constant little chipping away revenue streams, don't you? Yep, you do. You do. What else are we going to talk about? Um, Spark have announced they're moving their uh, extra email uh, accounts away from Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo. And they're, they're going to be, yeah, Yahoo. It's a bit of a celebration <laughs> there, I know. Uh, uh, there's been some dramas over the years with uh, with extra email accounts. Um, sure. and, uh, and Yahoo's been uh, certainly been a, been a part of that picture. Uh, and interestingly, they're going to use some local. Uh, provider SMX which is great um, and that explains why uh, Mark Derricket when I uh, am, who's a developer for uh, SMX when I invited him to uh, come on the podcast a couple of weeks ago said Paul I'm busy I'm working on a big project at the moment um, <laughs> don't, don't have time to come on the podcast um, so um, I'm guessing that's that's probably what he's going to be working on so that's just an announcement that's uh, that's come through today and uh, yeah I mean pretty exciting for uh, for SMX as a local firm uh, to sign a you know a a deal of that scale, I, you know, I hope it's something that works out very well for uh, both Sparks customers and for uh, and for SMX. I think that's uh, you know it's real credit to SMX. Absolutely, and I uh, yeah, I imagine there's a lot of working to making that work properly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and be... and good, you know, good on Spark for uh, you know supporting supporting a. A local uh, local firm and uh, you know putting in the time to make a make a deal work and you know they, they've certainly had their their customers uh, burnt in the past and mm. uh, you know this is is you know potentially a really good uh, result for everyone yeah it could potentially be fantastic other things we've got um, a uh, I guess you know the last few months we've heard a lot about bots and uh, when I when I talk about bots I'm not talking about uh, Traditional uh, robots, but uh, more chatbots, and that seems to be the uh, you know the big trend at the moment. Uh, um, Microsoft and Facebook and um, oh, so so many that and they've popped out of my head <laughs> while I think of it. Uh, Slack and so on. You know, all of these companies 
have been working on uh, in the in the space of bots. Um, and we've just heard that um, Facebook's uh, messenger bots will be able to handle uh, payments soon. Yeah. So uh, you know you're chatting to the uh, the bot that represents your uh, uh, local uh, pizza company, and uh, you know, hey, I want an X Y Z, and you can chit chat away with it and have this conversation, and then you know the transaction's just done if uh, if Facebook's already got your credit card details. So do you think there's going to be a hell bot? Hellbot <laughs> for Hell Pizza. That could yeah. be uh, that could be cool. Um, yeah. And and Zero have also um, announced in the last last few days that they're um, that they're la- launching a bot that will um, uh, tie in with um, with Facebook uh, Messenger, iMessage, and uh, and Slack. And so basically, you'll be able to um, you know fire away uh, you know ver- various questions. So that'll that'll be curious just to see what they what they're able to. Uh, uh, you know what they're able to open open up yeah. uh, with that. You know, I imagine to start with it, you know, very much be around uh, you know public information rather than you know getting into the catacombs of your uh, your accounting system. But you know, asking things like uh, you know who's the best zero advisor in uh, in my locality or uh, uh, bits and bits and pieces like that. But um, you know, I saw uh, one of their. Uh, one of their screenshots, and uh, there was, and, and I think it was from uh, from Zero, and it was um, you know asking about uh, balances and bank accounts and so on, and then uh, you know seeing a uh, seeing a bit of a, a response back. So wow. you know if you you can have those sort of interactions that uh, you know that will really open things up, and of course as we we tie that into sort of voice control, um, you know you might be. Driving down the road, you might be, you know, in a scenario where you don't want to be touching on a screen, uh, but you can, you know, you can be getting 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 things done and uh, in a, in a more, petrol without going into the station. Yeah, you? more more efficient, uh, more efficient manner. Yeah, um, I wonder how whether that'll actually work in New Zealand because I know that Apple is is trying to get Apple Pay established in Australia and and its bank legislation and banking rules over there are making it really difficult. And, of course, most New Zealand banks are Australian banks these days, apart from Kiwi Bank and a couple more. Um, So, yeah, I wonder wonder if if we'll get the benefit of that here. Yeah, I'm... Hope, hopefully, we get uh, we get all the benefits. Well, once they resolve it in Australia, then they've pretty much resolved it for us, surely. Yeah. Well, the um, the the screenshot I I saw on this there's one. Um, so we've got um, you know, a question here going to zero. What is my bank balance? Zero is coming back. You have a closing balance in zero of you know, and there's a amount here. Um, I think it would say that quietly. It says it <laughs> across two 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 accounts. Well, this is in a chat, but it's a sort of yeah. you know textual. But you know, ultimately, <laughs> these things would be spoken. Yeah. And then it's got you've got this much, and then it comes up with um, these icons. There's so one for Commonwealth Bank, which is an Australian bank, and it's saying, look, you've got a balance of this much in one account. Then it's got an icon for um, N- NA- NAB. Um, and and a balance, and then there's uh, there's another one here where they're saying about you know f- firing off a um, uh, a reminder to somebody who's overdue overdue on their bill, um, and you know basically requesting that that gets emailed off to someone who's behind on their bill, and then zero coming back. Okay, I'll you know I'll send that email for you now. So so no uh, struggling human on a helpline 
trying to deal with your problems. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I mean, these are the these are the sorts of things. And you know, I I think of some of the interactions that we have around the office around some of these. Uh, you know scenarios, and we go through, and well, you know, look, this person's a day or two behind on, uh, you yeah. know, on that, and um, you know, it's, it's you know, you you want everybody in your business, you know, your cash flow is. As, as king to to running a business that's going to be uh, that's going to be around, um, and so you know you don't you don't want anything ever getting uh, you know getting overdue at all, and no, being able to right. have have the technology uh, assist you with staying on top of that, uh, you know, to me seems seems like a real uh, a real boon. So yeah, um, and it's yeah. all just streams of information in mass, isn't it? Yeah. So why yeah. not? There's some uh, you know there's a bit of uh, smarts and algorithms in behind the scenes that uh, you know. Will uh, hopefully give the right answers, and you don't yeah. you know have a discussion, and it you know transfers the you know uh, ten times too much because it uh, um, zero you know there, there, there was a bit of a typo or whatever, and and so on. You have to be checks and balances and on those uh, those critical things, and I'm sure that's not where where they start, but uh, you know the. And and yeah, I wonder what the future looks like. You know, you, you think of a, a situation where you you know you have have a um, you know an individual sort of makes a mistake. This well, you know how do you do that when you when you've got a bot to uh, yeah. interact with? Uh, look, bot, we need to uh, sit down and talk about your performance today. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I'm, I'm uh, you know I'm a little disappointed that uh, that you paid out ten times too much in this uh, scenario, mm. or uh, you know a uh, hundred times too much. Uh, how can we address that next time? Yeah, and uh, they have no. Uh, sleep deprivation problems and they work day and night but do you remember that movie Brazil Terry Gilliam years ago and some guy gets like arrested because in the in the agency they've got all these weird typing machines and tubes and things and this guy's typing out a list of people who have to be arrested and a fly gets swatted and lands on the on the paper and the, the you know the typewriter key comes up and whacks it and it spells the name wrong. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's that's what went through my mind. Well, that's yep. that's very analog compared to this. Yeah, phase. yeah. But no, it's um, yeah, sub- similar uh, concept, I guess, in a digital realm. There's um, yeah. you know whatever realm there's there's the opportunity for mistakes, whether whether it's. Um, you know, different people from different countries spelling things differently, or uh, you know, different grasp of the of the language that uh, that that you're using. If uh, you know, if the chatbots uh, operating in a language that maybe isn't isn't your uh, your native tongue, and so on. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, we could we could certainly see some interesting things, uh, you know, happening happening over time, and. Yeah, I think yeah, bots will become pretty uh, pretty far reaching in terms of uh, in terms of how they get utilised. Yeah, over time, we probably can't even really imagine where this will go yet. No, I mean it could go well beyond military aspects and mm-hmm. you know, just go very 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 broadly. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be some checks and balances that will be uh, that will be put in put in place. I hope so. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think we're uh, we're pretty much out of time. So I hope we didn't uh, we didn't miss too many of the uh, there are one or two other little little topics in there we'd like to touch on. But I, I think we kind of hit the big ones. So. Um, oh, that was some that was some good discussion. It was uh, it's great to catch up, Mark. Yeah, I agree. It's always good to talk to you. Well, thanks everyone. Thank you everyone for uh, for listening in. Uh, that was episode three hundred and one of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Do feel free to uh, to get in touch. You can uh, you can uh, reach me on email paul at spain dot nz or catch me on uh, on Twitter or uh, Facebook or um, even LinkedIn. Um, so you can track me down uh, in those places. And uh, we'll be back again with another episode next week. Now, Mark, how do people track you down online? Uh, so Twitter, MacNZMark, and Mac-NZ.com is my website, which is pretty much daily Apple news and 
sometimes commentary, not really more sort of news and stuff and reviews and yeah, anything Apple. Great. Oh, it's been been good to catch up. Good to good to chat again. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we will be back in another seven days. Until then, see ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.